you and what you're doing around us. And so let's not just create another business marketing strategy. How are let we us actively see what you're doing? In Join what you in God it. has called us to be and let you build your kingdom come through in us. This city, in this neighborhood, what I pray right now that you, you would build your kingdom through this time what here. God we have to come together to worship to, to do. And again, um, if you're like, man, I, word, I don't know, the, book of the audible voice thing. Again, just I pray take that, Lord, that you would itself empower me through your Holy Spirit. And are we living into that? Empower. Um, are you living into that? Is that listening and considering and discussing later day? in missional communities? Is that hitting Spirit. like your weekly you calendar? Empower all of the Is teaching and prophetic your and um, shepherding rhythm? gifts amongst us all. Or your annual, I'm going to plan all things out in this for church. the next year. Uh, I'm going to grow in Christ like this. Plan out 2019. I pray for you to do that work right now. That, so heck, let's just go on to 2020 and start planning through. This is how the calls of God are actually being put into Flip to Exodus 4, 18 through 31. Because as I do, page 47 obvious point, the Black but Bible. Yet, just to state it, I'll say that my name is Pinch. I'm one pastor here at Soma. And, uh, I say that because it's like, Excited we can kind of disconnect the two. Like, oh man, I, I have all these teach, things that I want to do for my life. this text, and you'll see why. Let's go. But Moses like, went back into, to Jethro, okay, his so father-in-law, this about is verse 18, and said to him, please let me go back That's to my brothers in Egypt to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses and Midian, go back to Egypt for all the men who were seeking your life are dead. So Moses took his wife and his sons and had them ride on a donkey and went back to the land of Egypt. And Moses took the staff of God in his hand. And the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I've put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. The then you shall say to Pharaoh, Jesus to thus says the Lord, Israel is my firstborn son. And, follow after him on and I say to you, let uh, my son go. We can get there if you want to become a Christian. Of course, I just want to say there is a cost to be counted. And, and Jesus is Behold, never like, you know, I will kill he's your never kind of like good with the At a lodging place and, uh, on the way, this is just the Lord example met of it. him. But either way, and I'm not calling this to you if you're not a Christian. I'm not calling you to this. And if cut you are off son's recovering in some way, you're Moses here just like, man, I've been burnt out said, by doing, Surely by going out and producing and doing and whatever and, and abounding so in the fruit alone. and the spirit of the... It was uh, the then fruit, the of the, that she of said, a bridegroom of blood yeah, or, or if because of circumcision. Or some other way of that, that you're like, hey, I need a place to then prepare to, to process. Then the Lord said to Aaron, go into the wilderness and meet Moses. So he went and met recovering at the mountain of God and Not in the case of like, okay, this is And Moses said, told Aaron, all the words of the Lord with which he had sent him to speak and all the signs and that he had commanded him field. to do. It, no, it's like then a Moses serious and thing. Absolutely, went go. And gathered take together your recovery. All the elders of the people of Israel. There's so many times where I see the words I am the recovering or I was burned or and did the sign this is in the sight of the people. Turn into and the day people believe. after week after month after And when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. So we've been tracking through the book I'm of Exodus, and we're going to continue to you're the do person that, like, But this actually will be our last week for, at least until after and Easter, every single time uh, because we will be picking up in our are you doing these sporadic you but consistent mini-series on spiritual formation, specific practices that we're laying out for you to step into, for us to step into Christ-likeness, to practice the way of Jesus for the life of the world. And so we did the vision series for that in the fall, and then we came back in January and did 
months on Sabbath you know and Silence and Solitude. If it's just a point and of then like, we're coming back starting next week for Jesus. about a month on prayer. I'm glad, I'm glad dig that you have a passion the to wideness of pick the topic up across. of prayer. And yes, which there are times where that is somewhat only regularly is talking to God about a list of things that you would either like to see happen or want for others or for yourself. In that is that a form of prayer, but it is only one form of prayer, and God, it, as I already mentioned, is a very wide, very, uh, very large funnel. I mean, yes, and so, so we like just want to get into some, not all, of the yes, many forms absolutely. of prayer, as well as just talk but about what it really looks like to have a culture of praying without ceasing. And so that will be jumping in next week, and then post-Easter. We'll come back and, and jump and back so into Exodus, and that'll just be the rhythm that we'll do. We'll do a few weeks in Exodus, a mini-series in formation, back in Exodus, back right. into another mini-series in formation, and sometimes until we get done with one or both of them, and, and I really don't know which is going to happen first, so uh, it's exciting. It's a race to the finish. Very, very slow race. Either way, um, so if you've been here, though, and been tracking in Exodus, we've just set up, and we are finishing today, really the intro of the book. The first four chapters serve specifically as maybe more zooming in, more slowing down, giving you some of the major themes that you're going to see throughout the entire book of Exodus. And this is like the catalyzing, the, the halfway of intro and halfway onto the rest of the book because you'll see that before this in chapters three and then half of chapter four, we took two weeks to really go over the plan of God to save his people, that he doesn't leave his people, his firstborn as he calls them, the back half of four as we just read. In like, slavery. Like, but he says, no, I, I've promised to you, this people, picture, not because you're anything special, um, but in no, fact we're because just, you're so weak, so, but we like to turn you, you away at all sizes. And, uh, and I'm going to make good on all that I said if that to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the patriarchs of the system, and now I'm still making true to you, and that I will free you from your slavery. Growing, and developing, just kind of like finding and your way forward. Of course, if you've read yes, Genesis really and read Exodus, you know that he's making there not being secretive or subtle, but the idea that this was always a part of God's plan, that there was even a point where he says, like, you're going to be in slavery. And like, it layers out this whole situation. He says, but I will bring you out. But the problem is, is these people didn't have Genesis and Exodus in the rest of the Bible. They were living it. And there wasn't a moment where you're sitting for 400 years and slavery yeah, okay, where you're just like that? thinking like, oh yeah, of course, this, like, is, how do we, this is just how do we actually put that what has to happen. Live this and, and so God comes, how do we reminds making disciples in very powerfully how do we who he is and who his people are to him throughout this book. And, and address two in the plan that he lays out for Moses, I think these are, these are he legitimate, then like, what about this? calls Moses to ones. do the very tangible you have Next stated step. recently, and I th- uh, I've had and conversations with you, it. of just saying, like, hey, and, and I'm just willing really to go quickly, forward. Quickly, let's and, and, get the and first paragraph of, of the text and, and jump off from there. Um, Again, verse 18. But Moses went back to Jethro, help, his father-in-law, and said to him, help me? please let me you go back to my brothers in Egypt whole idea to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moses, it would be really helpful to every once in a while be like, here's an opportunity. So just there, jumping off for a moment, people have looked at this part of the text and said like, okay, this seems odd because we literally know exactly why Moses is going, exactly why God has called him to go, and now we have this point where he seems like he's kind of like just either lying or at least 
giving an ulterior motive the best. And so people have like struggled, like, what, what's Moses doing here? Is he just like, he's ready to go, but he's not totally ready to own the full calling of God or whatever? I actually think it's a lot more simple. In fact, it's very similar to when we saw the midwives in chapter 1, when Pharaoh orders a decree of the genocide of all male babies of the, the Israelite people. You see the midwives like say, like, hey, we, we are going to try to kill him, like you said, but the women just, you know, give birth and then are up popping and, you know, nursing and going and chopping wood and doing everything that they do. And, you know, they're just strong women and, like, whatever. And, you know, Pharaoh's like, oh, yeah, totally. You know, because they're showing in that moment and people are like, both these times, like, is God, like, is God saying it's okay to lie? And this is actually a theme of all literature, really, but but it's very true in Scripture. You'll see is what some theologians or some people have just said, the theme of the trickster, which essentially they would say you only really know you have to deal sometimes times with obscuring truth and, and tricking those so, like, at power they have a when you're a part of a class of people that absolutely has no power. And he says, when there's no justice system for you, when there's no situation in which this ever gets righted, that there are times where just simply as a completely oppressed people are showing, hey, you're able to, and God gives them favor to pull the wool over the eyes of those who are looking to exterminate them. And now in this moment, Moses, so I think essentially what he's doing is, maybe is saying, hey, I, I want to follow bad. the call of God, but like, hey, just I go have to do go and to my father limit that to what I would who say, so is probably not going to be keen on the idea of me taking his and daughter like, well, and children, very effective sons, and, uh, that would have been and as good as cash case, to the situation yes, in a time where agriculture, I mean, every able hand is money. Not too many, so it's just like, life. The betterment the of your people. Number of I mean, this man was kind enough to take but Moses in as a fugitive. Normally, no it goes the other way around. No the man would take the wife and go to no his family. What your but no, this man takes Moses I in, and now he has to go to that man take care of the and say to him, hey, and just God has appeared to me in a bush that was burning and has so not I consumed itself and told me that I'm going to take down the most powerful nation in the world and free the people of Israel and bring them back here and then eventually on the promised like, land. Hey, and I'm going to need your daughter and your son or your grandsons be in to go about that act. Like, and of course, I'm here for residency I mean, or for beyond laughter, it would just be an incredulous response. Like a job, but this is certainly so Moses, I think, here is, is realizing, like in this job or maybe hey, the city, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to let anything and stand in the way of what God has called me to do. And so I would say, and for that reason, God shows, I think, the, call the main of God, point of like this conversation is God more showing, hey, when he loads I'm in this. <laughs> and you can have your father-in-law's blessing as you step out there. I mean, if you actually read but let's not miss later when there are the amazingly obvious point, and because of its obviousness, Moses if I don't point it out, it probably just goes unthought of. So apparently at one point, he brought them there Moses and then sends them then back does and then calls for them go. again. Apparently the whole plague He does going down. step like, out what? from Let's the call of God. He receives the call of God. And, and then so he puts into he practice them back. by actually stepping out in, though, to start. and doing it. I mean, he treats the call he of God like, hey, loads up the livestock, get the family, relocate, wife, we're going all in. And, and then something happened and had to back reroute. To totally understand. And then they come back and, and they go I'm all making in again. The point and, and what I'm saying there, the point, I've had this extremely obvious. A lot like, of okay, this, this is the insight that we're, we're, we're you know, you're getting paid for this. A bunch of um, um, is, is because as long as you're here, what is God calling you to do? Press in as deep and as And we can talk all day long about the call. We can talk all day long about 
I don't know if I'm going to be here in two years. In theory, like what a, God has like called you like to do, to build the kingdom, to be a part of the city, to be a part of your neighborhood, to spread the great commission, all these things. I've talked about like looking for houses, like you know, surrounding blocks. I mean, we are like trying to put down as deep of rhythm, and we have a house, but you know sitting there trying to get into but is it hitting one, which is really your daily right schedule now. and either way i mean i'm is saying it that because it's like as far as they're in we're week. absolutely in quarter but i don't know what god's gonna do your year i don't know what and what's ultimately your lifetime because month. I mean, here's the deal with lifetime i don't know what that fourth child's gonna bring your lifetime so another obvious say, point like, god could move is just a collection whatever. of a bunch and of so, days like if he has me here for years, into weeks, and months, 50 years, whatever, years. then I'm all I know, the way again, in. You know and if he moves me in two years, then I'm but really But there's a disconnect when I think about all the things I want to see happen in my life and then how I'm doing that on a daily basis. So many times I, people like, I've heard like so many times in the last little bit, the old common cliche adage like, do far less than you imagine in one year, but you can do far more than you can imagine in five years. In five years, it's just a bunch more days put together. And, and there's an exponential climbing flywheel spinning effect. Life has gotten well into way. And before we go further into this, like let me just bring that down really on the ground. Because doing life you're like, okay, I don't really do the whole like uh, receiving an audible at a level that if calling from God we from back, you would fall over. unburning bushes sort of thing or burning and non-consuming bushes. And I always say to people, uh, like, we don't have to get overly mystic on this. Have a whole life what is just simply the revealed here, calls of Scripture? Here, I mean, you can take your pick of the cultural really mandate to, to be fruitful to and multiply, really to, to subdue goodbyes. the earth and to fill it with culture, with, with good work, with family, with all things that are part of creation and being part of God's creative power than taking that from Eden on throughout covering the entire world. And then you could take the Great Commission, which is now go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, of every tongue, tribe, and nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I've taught you. For as long as God has and that's true for you, you to know, be a disciple and to make like, disciples. You know you're taking a job elsewhere Or you could take months. just you don't any second half of a you know, New just Testament go ahead and, letter you know, like, where it's going to say, the, now therefore, the because Christ has purchased you with his blood and forgiven you of your sin and given you his righteousness, now there's nothing you can do to earn it. And he's given you all of which you need and filled you with his spirit in, uh, to go forward and to love the church and bear one another's burdens. And you, the, all church, right. the church uh, is just a bunch of people. In, and that's just, yeah, that's just people are made up of individual persons. Verse 21. It's, finds out, it's finding out what and the Lord an individual said to Moses, person's burden is. When you is go back to Egypt, and see helping that you them shoulder Pharaoh, all the miracles that I have put in your power. But I will harden his love and so affection, shepherding both towards and to others in the church and outside of the church, bringing the gospel in the church and outside of the church. Sometimes there's so a sense of like the gospel has to go out. Absolutely. And the gospel has to continually cultivate in our hearts. Ever. And, and it's a really big Again, you can go just all the therefores, therefore do this, therefore do this. And of course, we can then go to the point of like, oh, I don't get it. Like, I thought I was saved by grace. Exactly. You're saved by grace. There's nothing you can do to earn it. And now you were saved to go out that... The book and of Exodus you even, even is had just as much them, a road fact, out of slavery in Egypt and a road how, like, to Sinai and serving God. He is going to need a I mean, that's what God says in this when he says, hey, my firstborn, let them go mighty, so they can just go be autonomous and do nothing. You know, so that, that they can serve me. 
And so sometimes freedom even uses the same word to say, to like, the hey, great I'm contrarian thought in our mind is not autonomy from I'm everything. It's serving him. the right master. You and, and so you're going to get three times. And people are always going to say, it's like, well, but Pharaoh the burden his own heart is and actually God just created for you. On from there. It's light. Okay, but you get three and, times. And it's, it's not burdensome or tiring. That's Pharaoh not to say it's not hardened his own heart. Then because you get the six point. Jesus is going to say, hey, you want to follow me? Or it says that daily Pharaoh's pick heart up your hardens and it doesn't really give a party involved. It's just kind of a neutral, his heart hardens. I mean, that picking up and your cross. You I mean, it wasn't just like, well, it's like, God you know, says, death to no, self, I'm, but I'm it's gonna really going to like hurt in any real way. It's going to hurt so in a real, a number real of way. With that, a lot of people left after like When you're reading the Bible, a lot of people leave every time we talk about It was only a few months And so I'm saying all this again. And just really bunch of ethereal ideas. How are they hitting your weekly schedule? For several months. Better How are you intentionally adding because up your days into like a lifetime that is actually forming you and others around you into the image of Jesus and being a part of Western building the kingdom in the city and around the world? And, everything about it. and I can't but answer that question for you. you. You can't punt it because you just... I will say, it. though... In that there's so, two objections that people have raised uh, over time, and they're fair. So let me address them. About God Number one, fair objection. We do see, again, that it is a mixed bag. I would love to do all these things that, that you're saying. I I'm willing. The place where people always I have go no to clue like, what so it looks like, and I could use that. some hand-holding. I could use Pharaoh just a softball of just setting up something that the whole like, church could just plug in and play and, and be a part of building the kingdom together. And, and that's totally and fair. We have historically goodness, been really bad just said no, at just giving you like, real you know, totally tracks to run on. I, and know, part of it is my personality. I'm like, I just like to keep it up high. And, and then like, you, like I want to not limit your imagination. Like your imagination is the only limiter here of what it could like actually apply to your life. And you're like, well, my imagination is very effective as the better. It's worked. And I don't know, and I'm young, and I just need some help. And so I would just like to say that we've had that conversation regularly the last little bit, and I just acknowledge it, and you're right, and I repent of it. I repent of the sense of, of keeping it too off into a place where you're just like, or, or giving you a billion ideas and therefore giving you none sort of thing. And so and we are actually looking God actively to very clearly give you more tangible specifics. And that's why Luke and Molly shared about NFIC but today. Again, that's why we want to bring these organizations before you and just say, hey, here's, just this really fits with a lot of you we know. This is a really and big this could be something where you just use your living situation. Because ultimately, here's you the just question. use the I, house I, that I you have, that you're renting out half of it. Or ha- is God's going to open up eventually? Over everything that happens. And so we want to put and things like that in front of you. And that's honestly why we've been talking more and increasingly about youth made. development in 46201. Or, because we just realized, maybe, yes, we want to change the city, but it starts with doing something. Bible is and, and when you start doing something, they always tell you, like, when you start something new, don't just go out there and be like, well, here's an opportunity and jump in. They say, survey everyone around you and, and that, say, like, what's the raw material like, well, don't, already don't in the soil the in the out with me, And pastor. every like, single you know, person that feels like, oh, that we yes. talk to is <laughs> extremely involved in some way and or another of shaping youth's lives and discipleship and mentorship and helping those who are at risk or those who are simply just, like, you know, in school and needed somebody to walk through life and spiritual growth and discipleship. 
And, and, we're and get a lot of that's place. true because we have back. just a great relationship with I a mean, number of the committee members and, and leaders yes. at Tech and Young Life. And we also have a great relationship with the director and founder of Like a Lion, which is after school program on the Near East side. And so we said, hey, we have relationships with these two organizations. So in a in the next month or I mean, so ish, we're still getting it in the works. In the gospel, we are going to put forward just an opportunity, probably immediately Jesus following a gathering, looks at Judas, where you can just come and they're going to lay out every way that you could possibly serve those organizations. And we've asked them to give a really wide funnel in order if it's just like, well, I can't do the after school schedule because I'm low man on the totem pole and like, I just can't make my own hours. Like I can't get there by four o'clock. I'm sorry. Never going to happen. Well, that's great. Now here's going to be like these things you can do on the weekend or things you can do at your own time, making a meal and bringing it for their, for families and things like that. I mean, there's going to be, we just told them, hey, make the funnel as wide as you can. So if there is still, well, I can't because of this, that we take care of the because of this. I think the Bible is and simply leave it with the sense of like, hey, it does do this. If you're just saying like, I want to do something, I just don't know what this do this. And that doesn't make sense. And the other fair response is because I know if you're like, I'm just like saying, I, I, I want to be a part of this. I even have some ideas of things that I want to do. But even science, I just, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to be here that long. Is 100% like, I came here for a residency. I came here for school. I came here for a job that's not going to be my final job. I, I just know it, and, and, and that might take me out of the city. Like, and I, or away, I don't know if I'm going to be at SOMA, all away. these things. I might move around in it's the city. Yes. And, and, and you constantly and, and so defer giving everything. And while there can be the wise situation where you're like, okay, I know I'm leaving in three months, so I'm not going to go through the membership process at SOMA, that's why. But, you know, our systems are like not, we don't have that much extra time. So, um, either way. Uh, but, if you're here and you're like, the thing is, you can say, I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. Here's the truth. None it's always do. like a moment where they are I don't know where I'm going to be in two years. And that's not like I'm floating my resume I mean, out there. It's the like just to tell you, like, as long as God in, has in me here, I'm here. In Romans, he's always getting but to But I don't know what God's like, going to do. I, hey, I, just want I you did to know not have myself here, like, and he I don't know how many years so ago that was. That but the year before, before I was here. the world was created. Before and, and, there and ever so, was a, again, a God's going to continue to do what he does. And eventually it would become you. Whether I have any of that. another few months God or another you 40 years, and, chose you. and you here's the problem. Can't fight your way a lot of way from you a God have who holds on to you continually like said, that. well, I just don't know if I'm going to be here in two years. And so and two years comes and passes like, hey, and maybe you go. Uh, are there or people that like stay. Look, appear to be in the faith? But it's another like, well, it's actually just another year commitment. Saved. I mean, now I don't know again, if I'm going to be here go to a whole big place that this text is just and really that not goes. concerned in answering those questions. And you're still here. Not to say that and it's not another right maybe short or more long-term commitment. I mean, but now you're at the point where like three, four, five more years in, and you've never really committed and fully leaned into the church and what we're doing and what's going on in the city ever. All under the guise and of like, well, like, I just don't want to make really deep roots and then just uproot them. Like the Here is an alternative that put these two together and you can pick. probably show up every week because you it, can go. I mean, look at this. It's a moment where it's just saying like, deep hey, and it's hard it'd be at really hard for you to relationships show up and, just and take life and building a part of where you're at, the kingdom of God there for as long as God gives you. And let's just say, let's say worst case scenario, every three months God moves you. You are just a modern day army brat. 
family exactly. going yeah. all over the world like every and then, other I mean, month. It's just Moses maybe like, just every week, like, every well, week. You know what? You're over here. And like whatever's going on, we're probably not far off from that, it seems. But regardless, it's... And you have to over and over again end relationships and leave relationships with you, your your spouse, different sermon. And either way, but you know, you have to, like you and your spouse has to like detach from relationships. Maybe you have kids and they keep getting taken in and out and you're like, oh man, it's just like, just so inconsistent for them and, and, and it's just not ideal. Absolutely. It's not ideal. Here's the other scenario. You go through your whole life never plugging in anywhere. Never giving anything. Just always in the guise of, I just don't know. the New Testament. I would rather I mean, that's, that's have where you get a litany of the first broken relationships all over this country and world if God really would take me there that were really deep and were really hard question. to let go of. I mean, that's Rather God's just stated reason for doing the Exodus. Being everywhere and having like nothing. Slavery. He doesn't. Not or just being in one place for a like long time. He didn't. But over and, and over again, the book I would is rather clear. build hey, half doing this of what the kingdom vision was in my mind. Cor- I'd rather build a, a day of it. Ago. Not because they're impressive. In fact, they were like and the least impressive. And just keep waiting to the time I can but do I the whole them. thing. I promised their forefathers. And then, I don't know, God just kills you or and something. No, that could happen. Happens kind of in here a little bit. Either way, <laughs> continuing on, I think you get the point. Them. But here's the biggest point. If you're a member or regular tender here at Soma, everything. It was the fact that like, you got inherited, Be you inherited about being all in. You the identity of your family. I mean, whether you like, think of something, I mean, whether you have, like, big, again, it's just a call from scripture that, that you're just trying to apply, like, or you do I mean, have a specific like vision. I want to see son. this. Like, you know, like, I mean, like, an MC just this past week, just Saturday, gathered other MCs to serve this Westminster space they're building by just getting to know the neighbors. I mean, And 30 to 40 people collected here just yesterday, surveyed like 90 neighbors, and got to have conversations and get to know people and meet people I mean, and and then there's food. actually I mean, there's like, people from that same like mc that was doing that last summer were just every sunday like, were you know, purchasing food and, and getting neighbors going door to door knocking on doors okay. having this, awkward conversations and inviting them to a cookout you know that happened every sunday of the summer and that's just that was not so much sanctioned that was not so inspired i mean other than the fact we just said go build the kingdom and they said let's do this sorry for all of us who did not come in that order and so maybe you come up with something and completely yes, on your own no that's awesome we'll, we'll bring it up we'll pray for it all right <laughs> we'll pray for but you and, still, it and everything that's going on there is just something of the fact of like there is a relationship and if you're here and your idea of just membership or attending a church or being in a church home is just being here when you kind of feel like it and then he's going to to be a part of community or the show or whatever. Physically true in the Old Testament, he's going to make true I love you. Go somewhere else. In the New Testament. And he looks I, at we don't even do the show that well here. Like, you know, I mean, come on. We're in a community center, for crying out loud. Like, you know, it's just, there's, I can give you a short list of churches who kill it at that. And they're gospel-centered, Bible-believing, community, kingdom-advancing churches. And maybe, maybe that's where you need to be. Maybe this is better yeah, for, for that season of your life. Be recovering. I don't know. I, I, I don't have claims on you. We don't have claims on you. But if you're here, do the counseling work. Do what we just you, don't you have a lot of extra through, arms through, to carry wrestle. dead weight upstairs. Because and God is very clear. Like, hey, I, I who I'm not talking to, father who knows big, big thing. I'm not talking to you if you're not a Christian. Welcome. I have, you're not called to fulfill the Great Commission yet. 
I'm not right. talking to you uh, if you're a new Christian and still like working things out well, and stumbling forward. I mean, I would say stumble forward and build the kingdom while you're new. Like, there's not a point where like, well, I can't even get like so far along. Like, people always say like, I just don't feel ready, and I always respond, you never feel ready. Real quick, I've never felt ready for anything really hard that I've done. I've never felt ready for half the easy stuff that I've done. I just constantly I'm, and I'm usually whole, not ready I'm usually late and so I'm by definition not ready but either way you, it's, you don't even know a sense of being ready is not going to be there but yes there are times where like okay I'm a new Christian maybe I'm not going to like I don't know I would say fail forward and go for it but I guess you could argue that on some level or if you're like you know recovering and you've been burnt out or whatever that's another one where it's like that's okay to be there but just actively be trying to get out of there and that's not like okay we just like deal with that father so we can back up and get you in the game. We've got to have numbers out there. I mean, like, deal with that what you need to have dealt with. Have the conversations, go to the counseling, you know, sit and pray and feel free to struggle for as long as you need to struggle. I don't care if it's years, I don't care if it's decades, but at some point past by intentionality that critical mass of spiritual and emotional health and vitality entering in. And I would say that I think that line is a lot sooner than you could just get into layer upon layer upon layer can really minister well what in the world's going on and, and maybe just a slight less train written wreck or a bigger train wreck than you are masses of this so and all the dust is settled and there are Moses very few goes he goes all in but here is what brings his family at one point he actually sins for his family again so apparently he failed forward like he said okay everyone we're going to Egypt and then uh, like when they're like going to leave like after all the plagues are done they're getting sent out of Egypt it says that Moses sins for his wife and son to come back from Midian so apparently they came and realized wait a second you know what Nat's with a newborn not a good thing and so let's send you out and you're going to just go and take some mommy time for a while and then you can come back and we can go into the promised land on together work through Moses when he has five and so apparently he don't was all I in, even though he didn't fully know exactly what it looked like day in one. The last chapter, and he's willing to so. wade through all of that. I'm work, I'll work with you. I'll Got other things I mean, to get to. Um, from let's last week, beautifully keep going with controversial topics, shall we? God's 21, and the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you do before Pharaoh all the miracles that I have put in your power, but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. If this is going to stand, I will start over with a new guy. One of those... And topics what's going in on in scripture and in the church and in anyone who has spent just kind of an any time reading the Bible, the Bible for today, any period of time is eventually going to come to between God and try Abraham to push away. Says, hey, I, I want to make a but covenant the Bible is not going to let you God, do that. And, and you it's are my people. very insistent, particularly in the book of Exodus, with this concept of, of God 15, I will hardening both Pharaoh's heart. And people will rightly push back that Pharaoh hardens his own heart. Then we're Several going times. to just a few times In throughout fact, just say, like, this hey, whole idea of, sign of, of the hardening it's circumcision. the heart is and all over the book of Exodus to, to the number of 18 inches of the word. Of why. In fact, this isn't even the first one. But the first one was actually in chapter 3, verse 19, but it didn't translate hardened there. Very it translated mighty, and God said, I'm going to have to give a mighty hand to move this guy. To that point, it just but seems like I'm going to do something really cool, and he's just going to, like, like, whatever. And now in four, it's like, but you've got to pair it with a sense of, like, hey, you're going to do this, and I am going to harden his heart, which explicitly what we're talking about is the conversation between the sovereignty of God and the free will of humanity. 
And I remember coming to that when I was a new Christian. I like really quickly got to like Romans 8, 9, and 10. And it wasn't just like God will wrestle in the Old Testament. I want to pump this thing. Because if this is God, then I don't like God. And I started wrestling through like, what you know, like Which of these is true? I mean, is it, throughout the I, I, do I have God free is saying, will? Is God sovereign over all things and hardens all hearts? And, and here's favor, where it gets into, it by taking uh, first of all, we should just address a few things first. Is a One is we're not dealing with the classic the kind of like of fear scenario of like Pharaoh or other people like him is someone who's just like a neutral or God-fearing heart that is begging to believe God. God and take him at his will, and God just says no, and hardens it and says, you know, like, I'm just going to take, like, again, three times at least of those 18 is Pharaoh hardening his own heart. He's not starting at a neutral place by any means. No human heart starts in a neutral place. Hear me clearly. But you you can't really stop there because you have to press into them six times. It's going to be used in the time where... Absolutely. Hard, the Pharaoh's heart is hardened with no indication of a party. It just neutrally happens. And then nine times. And this New Testament again is going, going to, to say that God like, hey, you are not saved by works. Heart. You are saved in spite of yourself a thousand times. Absolutely. Past, present, future sin on the cross. I'm going to answer but it's also going to have this reality the of like best this way that I can. Some level of like just and I will warn you up front, sin ruthlessly from you yourself. are going to say it's a non-answer. And mourning it. But I actually think and it's not the only being answer. Okay with it. I, I think so I, I the scriptures are extremely clear that God is not only that this only do, can be accepted intentionally. Of two very true realities. And we're in a season of Lent right now, which is simply that while in all Western logic to remind yourself must not there. operate together. By definition, logically like, contradict one, one another. Idol, but no, how can I take real places that I'm being convicted just afresh just because there. I'm older, I'm more mature, whatever? I've I know you're like, more, okay, yeah, exactly. That's the non-answer. Like, come on, Kent. Like, okay, you're like pulling the whole pastor. Like, oh, you're being too Western and American and Eastern thought. Bam. And like, I mean, is that like really like you expect me to accept that on some intellectual integrity? And I'm just going to say again, in the book of Exodus, I mean, there's every chapter. After the plagues, really it seems like there's a point where in the same chapter, in the same dealing of the same plague, it's going to very clearly say Pharaoh hardens his heart. He looks at the evidence. He says, hey, the magicians can do that plague too. And it says that Pharaoh hardens his heart. And within the same chapter, dealing with the same topic, it's going to say, and God hardened his heart. And you can get that in the New Testament. I mean, Jesus himself, in the same sentence, in the book of John, I believe, looks at Judas, the one who would betray him to the cross. He says, go and do what it's been prophesied before the generations said that you would do. But... And I'm not trying to say God's going to kill you if you didn't get baptized and now you're still refusing. But he might. Uh, Jesus is just but, fine. Uh, he can do that because he's Jesus. But still, I mean, it's just the point where, like, 
it, the Bible seems to be very He's comfortable with these coexisting. And, and I know I, I get my like board, like, just, you got to be linear, and, you're, and maybe you're but just like, just I, like this is why I just hate it, and I, I love, like, I have a science-geared mind, and, and I just and struggle with things like this in the scriptures, like and this isn't the only issue like this. It's just the one that, like, offends our Americanness the most. And either way, it's, I just got to deal with something, and I and I love the sciences. But the problem is, is, like, this concept is actually a scientific concept of apparent contradiction. But a parent contradiction has light. And you know what? Light you know, like maybe you do is a particle. Like you were baptized as a child and you do like and also a wave. And it's not like it like sometimes behaves like a particle and sometimes behaves like a wave. Like it's always a particle. I mean and always a wave. I'm not trying to make light of that conversation. And even if you figure that out of like, oh, really now it actually is just switching really quick and you just couldn't see it before, it doesn't God matter because God's just going to lay it out there and give you and a solution like that if we're he being to, honest, like, yeah, I just don't, like being don't you want a God that you cannot explain? So I'm not trying to make light Like if you could just explain him and write everything out. Here's all the attributes of God. And you could give it to someone. They say, that makes sense. Isn't that by definition not a God figure in your life? That's something you get. That's something you can diagram. And maybe we should just be more comfortable with being like Paul when he gets to that end of the really difficult part in the book of Romans and he eventually just says like, oh, to glory be God because who can ever counsel him and who really knows i mean he just kind of gets the like point where like obviously don't says, have time uh, so either way the more i think about it the more i get confused to a point and just of i should worship him. here which by the way is another sacramental ceremony i think if you solve this debate here, so on one side or the other that reason, if you're not a christian we invite you've you reduced it your seat uh, not to make you feel weird but just to let you if know, it that's doesn't is, is make your head hurt if you like say well i've heard this analogy of I don't know, life and life being and a boat and water and, 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 and whatever you're going to like lay out there. If eventually it makes and so sense and you say, oh, okay, I'm good, into this you've missed it. Communion where we're gonna, we'll have if it makes your mind hurt and you say it's impossible, cup, like it, God here, must be a walking there, contradiction, I think there. you've actually hit on it. Maybe the reflection for you this week is just like, what is God calling me to? Both D.A. Carson to go forward in and to famously after a very long and, and theological treatise of this whole thing and you feel like at the end oh he's Sometimes finally going to give like, me the answer know, the he just at the end says it's a coin except both sides he spent like Father a God. PhD worth of time to do that so you go and try to iron it out I will read the paper and I have questions already but either way so moving on because you know what we've got more controversy to squeeze into one sermon here we go Um, picking up in 22 then you shall say to Pharaoh thus says the Lord Israel is my firstborn son I say to you let my son go that he may serve me if you refuse to let him go behold I will kill your firstborn at a lodging place on the way the Lord met him and sought to put him to death then Zipporah took a flint and cut off her son's foreskin and touched Moses' feet with it and said, Surely you were a bridegroom of blood to me. So he lit him alone. It was then that she said, A bridegroom of blood, because of the circumcision. That paragraph is, if not the most, is certainly in an equally tied scenario of the most baffling paragraphs of the entire scriptures.
crazy things. It raises way more questions than it even comes close to giving answers. I mean, you could even like start listing out like in the original language, and actually the ESV here that we're reading does this for you. It, it, it just says, you'll notice, it's talking about the firstborn son, and then it just says at a lodging place on the way, the Lord met him and sought to put him to death. And so there's been people saying like, okay, Obviously, that's got to be Moses, but some people will say, well, no, they just started talking about like firstborn sons, and then they said him, and then they end up circumcising the son, you know, the son, and, and that solves it. And so we don't even actually know that the him is Moses. And then you can go further to be like, and why is God attempting to put him to death? But somehow, like, I mean, you just said he's like sovereign over everything, and like we're supposed to believe like he's out in the wilderness, and there's like an avalanche like 50 yards away. And because Moses is hearing audible voices, he just hears, dang it. And like that is supposed to be God like giving him like a warning shot or something. And then you get like the fact that where it says she cuts off the son's foreskin and touches it to his feet. Why is that the solution? And then you find out that feet biblically probably doesn't even mean feet. That's actually just a euphemism for male genitalia. And that got said in a sermon. And so, you know, you're going through that and, and you're like continuing to just peel back layers and like, oh, the bridegroom of blood, she said that because of the circumcision. What does that have to do with anything? And there have been papers upon papers. I mean, this has stimulated more theological activity than, again, potentially most of the scriptures. And after all the debates have been had and all the dust have settled, there have been very few solid conclusions that anyone has come to. Other than this, we clearly know that this has to do with circumcision. Likely, most people agree that Moses is the he, and yet God is unhappy because either Moses himself or his son, because Moses was raised by Egyptians, he, he was born to the Jews. You thought they would have circumcised him in that time, but possibly they didn't. And then he lived in Midian. He didn't live amongst his people. He was never circumcised. Or he had a son, and his son was never circumcised. Either way, God does not take kindly to this. Fascinatingly, because God just endured Moses asking five blatant questions or push-offs to don't send me when he lays out the whole, I'm going to do this through you thing. He's like, well, who am I? I can't do it. I'll be with you. Well, who are you? And like, can you do it? And like, he goes through all of that and has no problem. As, as Ryan McCamick from Gospel Hope in Atlanta preached last week here, he preached beautifully on the sense that God's ability overcomes our inability and your inability actually qualifies you to be used by God. And so they go through that time of him even wrestling in the point where you just got to be like, God could have just like, you know what? Yeah, squish your head. Next person. But he goes through that and then he gets to this point and he's going to kill him. Like the second he starts the journey, it seems. Ultimately, we know that this is dealing with circumcision, the mark of the covenant. Abraham, when he meets with God and God says, hey, I'm going to bless the whole nations through you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow a seed and you're going to have a great people and you're going to be in a promised land and, and through you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring the salvation of the whole world because the world is in sin. All humans 
are sinful by nature. There are neutral hearts. Not by our design, but by sin corrupting everything. And David's like, I, I was born in sin. I was born in iniquity. And in that, God says, hey, I'm going to be merciful and not destroy you the second you enter that, my atmosphere. I will be merciful and I will hold. In fact, it's going to be a long time coming, but I'm going to deal with this whole sin issue. But in the meantime, here's the covenant between us. You circumcise your sons. It is both a mark that you are my people. I will not destroy you. I will bring salvation to you. And it's simultaneously a picture of the horrific nature of sin. That, hey, like, the, the tip of the male genitalia, two times, have, is a symbol of the fruitfulness of all humanity. I mean, that was the first call. Hey, be fruitful and multiply. Subdue the earth. There's this way that that happens. I don't have time to go further. And in that, they say, hey, by, by taking off that piece, you're essentially saying the same thing as any tie, that, hey, all of life, all of what which brings life is yours. All of our life, all of our family's life, everything all our children that we'll have and their children, their children, it is all yours. And again, it just makes for a weird, awkward, squirmish, giggle conversation in America now. But to God, this is a really big deal. And if Moses, he can question God all he wants, but if he's not going to participate in the covenant that he doesn't, Moses doesn't come just because he's obedient and faithful in all these different ways. It doesn't know in fact the fact that he has to be saved from his sin. And in salvation from his sin, and while it is truly by faith alone, by grace alone, there's no work that anyone could do to merit it, there is then certain calls that God's going to say, hey, these are just ways of entering into it. Again, not making it a work, which again, you're like, well, you're contradicting yourself. Yeah, the Bible does that a lot. It never is going to say, hey, you, you earn your salvation. But it's always going to say, hey, it, it does create these fruits. The Spirit does come. It starts to move and change and shift in you. And, and one tangible fruit is just going to be in, in this situation, circumcision. If you're not going to play by that game, I can get somebody else. And so, again, it just comes to a real simple call. Ryan last week said, hey, God can, in fact, even pre-dictates, pre-necessitates the, uh, necessitates the idea that you are broken and humble and don't believe you can do it on your own to be able to be used by God. And that means a ton of things. It means even you can continue to struggle and fail and fail forward and grapple towards God and, and, and fight your way towards him through, through addictions and sin issues as you continue to work with you. I mean, God works with Moses even here. Even him not killing him and this happening is a mercy to him. But it doesn't mean you can just continue in disobedience. You can continue to disobey and fight through that. But it doesn't mean you just get the point where it's like, you know what? I'm saved by faith. It doesn't really matter what I do. No, no you've fallen off on the other side. And so, just like the call of like, what is God calling you to? Might be also the other side. What is God calling you out of? you should progressively be pushing sin out of your life as the Spirit continues to make its home in you. 
And it doesn't come to a point of like, well, you sinned again, so therefore your salvation was never real. No, past, present, future sin dealt with on the cross. I'm going to continue to sin a bunch before I get done with this whole situation. But I'm trying to fight against that with every spirit-filled bone in my body. And I'm repenting and praying in the community and asking for blind spots and even knowing some places where the blind spots are but refusing to see them for as long as I possibly can and then eventually just coming to the point where the Spirit convicts it wide open and I say, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll give that up. I'll fight from that. I'll push away from that. And so it should be, I mean, the more mature you get, the more you kind of find more spots that are like, okay, I can press into this too. But what is it for you? What relationship needs to end? Because you just know God has actually been tapping his finger on that. What addiction? What porn habit? What, I mean, it, there's nothing wrong with going out, being even the life of the party out, but like you just know it's actually a drunkenness habit for you. And you know that. And you haven't said it out loud, but I just did and it rang true. And again, who I'm not talking to with both of these is not the person that's just like, I mean, everything like, oh yes, how am I not pressing out into the kingdom enough? Oh yes, I haven't thought about that. No one, I haven't thought, I bet I haven't turned over another few sin stones in my heart. And they're just like the point where like, you're always like on this like Blair Witch idol hunt at all times, which can be healthy maybe, but like also there's sometimes you're just like, you know, like, I mean, the apostle Paul, like, had a real low view of himself as a really sinful dude, but yet he also was a really joyful person and like enjoyed life, it seems like, for most of it. And, and I just, I, I fear, because it's just those are the people that hear the sermon every single time and they just like, oh, awesome. Like more mental flagellation material to go home this week and just continue to beat yourself up with. And I just don't think that that's what the Bible's calling you to. If it's just this nebulous, oh, I'm sure there's something else out there, then wait for the Spirit and ask the Spirit to convict you of something specific or to free you. Because the church is just filled with people that under this sense of like, I need to be better, I need to be more gospel I need to be more charging out, I need to make more disciples, or I need to do this. And, and you like look up and like, no, you're actually doing, you're doing good. I mean, yeah, there's probably more to be worked on, but but it sounds like humility, and it's actually pride. Of, I should be better. I, I should be better than that. I shouldn't touch that. It's like, well, no, you're a sinful human being, and praise God that he hasn't killed you. But he's working with you. And, and, and so, yeah, if that's, just, if that's your tendency, and I know I've had another conversations with you in the room. I'm not outing you. There's several of you. I'm outing several of you. Um, Grace is real. Praise God. But if you're on the other side and you, you know and it's been a while and you're pushing, you're just refusing to see that blind spot, then there should be maybe a place of fear and trembling of like, why, why, is, that, why is the Spirit not pressing into that yet? And can I ask Him to do it? And start fighting. Goo. All right. Um... I have to say um, that for just the sake, because we are specifically here at like a covenant entrance, right? We can kind of be like, okay, I'm glad that we don't like, you know, 
have any covenant entrance rights, particularly for the people who are uncircumcised as adults and everything like that. But we actually do have a covenant entry right, and in, it's baptism. And I, I bring it up saying it, it's a large situation, particularly if you're a place where you come from a tradition where you're baptized as a child. And of course, we go through a class where we defend another side of that position uh, or the position of being baptized as a believer. But regardless of even where you come out there, one thing is clear that both those camps agree really wholeheartedly on is that baptism is just a natural part of the believer's life. And if you haven't been baptized, or maybe you've been wrestling and you do feel like, I want to be baptized as a believer, and you just feel convicted to that, then I, I want that to be an awesome time. I want your family to be all on board and everything. I want people to be behind you, to be emotional and be everything about that. But like, ultimately, before it's any of that, it's an obedience thing. And it's just a really weird lordship relationship to start with someone saying like, you're Lord of my entire life, but I don't like being wet in front of people. Or it just would really rock the boat with my extended family. Yeah, Jesus kind of said, I'm going to rock the boat with your family. I'm going to divide them with a sword. So uh, this is just the start of that. And again, I, I don't want that for you. I don't want any of that for you. I want us to be praising God. But ultimately, I just say, if you're here in a place where you've been resisting baptism, I just think this is really tangibly connected to this moment of the scriptures of just saying, I'm not saying God's going to kill you. He might. I don't know. Like, but at the same time, beyond that, it's, it's more of a sense of, of oh, it is a joyful thing to step into, but it's certainly an obedience thing of declaring the whole world. I, I've been buried in my death of myself with Jesus, and I have risen again in his spirit to new life. And I proclaim that, that I'm a part of this community. I proclaim that to the watching world. And Jesus was pretty clear, hey, this does, this does happen. Does it save you? I would not say so. But for the person who's like, oh, I'm saved, I just don't want to do it. Check that. Because that's, that's a scary sentiment. Another sacramental rite passage, something that we have on a weekly basis here is communion. And Maybe your point of reflection upon taking communion, particularly for the believer in the room, if you're not a believer, we invite you to stay in your seat rather than getting up and in the bread. There'll be lines here, tear off and dip into the cup, representing the broken body and shed blood of Jesus on your behalf. And they'll be gluten-free up here to my right and your left. But maybe your reflection point upon coming here are those things. What is God calling you to? And what is he calling you to repent of? In fact, Jesus even kind of said, like, hey, sometimes as important, as important of a moment this is, if you got time to just do business with, with me, then do business with me. You, you'll catch up next week. And so I don't know if that's you. But I, I sometimes have a habit of then, like, overqualifying the statement and trying to, like, take the edge off of it. And I just don't think that does us any favors if I do that. So then let's pray. Father God, give us your spirit, not of nebulous, random guilt, but of specific conviction of sin, of specific vision of what you would have us go forward and do.
and allow us to either repent of an unwillingness or, or joyfully step into something fresh and new. Lord, save us from that which we think we want, but actually brings us death. We actually desire to be free from more than anything if we get down to our deepest level of our heart. And then f- save us too, getting to play in the eternal game of building the kingdom of God in specific, tangible, real ways that hit people's lives. A person's life. Speak to us. Again, we trust you to do what you need to do, clarify what you need to clarify. And we just want to have the faith to wait for you to take a little longer than our timetable originally schedules. For that, in Jesus' name, amen.